Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. In this series of programs, we're featuring drama, comedy, music, and the stars and programs that made radio possible. On this program, we are featuring Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, and the one and only W.C. Fields. Oh, Charlie! Where is the little fire hazard? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'll call him in, uh, Bill. Just a moment. Oh, Charlie! He's not here. Never mind. Uh, Charlie! Bergen. I want you to know that Bill is right here. Yeah. Yes. And he knows all about it. Uh-huh. And Charlie wants to talk to you. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, good evening, Mr. Fields. What did he say? I said, good evening, that's all. Let's not jump at conclusions. <laughs> uh, Charlie, I've been telling Mr. Fields that you want to apologize. Now, isn't that right? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, I do, Mr. Fields. I do. Uh, well, that's just fine, my little chump. Uh, uh, chum, yeah. there she goes again. That <laughs> Tell me, my little man, why did you set a trap in my garden? Don't you know there aren't any skunks there? No skunks in your garden, Mr. No, Fields? no. I'm sorry. No wildlife, with one possible exception. My place is occasionally infested with a horde, a herd, <laughs> of uh, pink mastodons. Uh, pink mastodons. All oh, elephants. That's right. Uh... I, I hear that the elephants around your place take aspirin to get rid of W.C. Fields. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Is it true, Edgar, that Charlie can trace his ancestry back to an old chestnut stump, the abode of a family of pole cats? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is like the old days, isn't it, Bill? Yeah, boy. Remember how we used to fight, Mr. Fields? Yeah. Foolish, wasn't it? As far as my yeah. little friend. But we're above that sort of thing now. Yes, those were the good old days, weren't they, Bill? Yeah, remember the time <laughs> I said I'd... Uh, Slice you into a Venetian blind? Yeah. That was a good one. I think I told her, was it? Yeah, sure was. Remember how I topped you by saying that makes me shudder? <laughs> well, that was good. I liked it. Uh, who said you topped me? I topped you. Uh, why, the only laugh you ever got was a sneer from a disgruntled termite. Why, you keep that up, then you play a return engagement at the hospital. Better be careful, my little friend. You know, wood pulp is in the priority list. Yeah, well, listen, you long-nosed anteater. Now, wait a minute, <laughs> Gentlemen, please, please, gentlemen. I, Bergen, I'm afraid Mr. Fields just doesn't love me anymore, that's all. Don't tell me I don't love you or I'll break every knot in your body. Now, wait a minute, please. That's the wrong attitude, Bill. Why can't we be friends? What do you say, Charlie? Okay, okay. I'll make one more attempt at appeasement. Yeah. Then I'll fire on sight. Yes, sir. 
You'll do nothing of the kind, Charlie. You're going to be nice to Mr. Fields. But he doesn't like me. Yes, Why well, idolize the little chap? I'd do anything for him. Would you, Mr. Fields? Why, well, I'd be glad to anything the well, little chap craves. Gee, well, Mr. Fields, I have a new bicycle, you see. Oh, would you like a bell? Well, I can, I uh... I'm not affluent, but I could uh, buy you a bell. Well, that's nice, but I have a bell. But I was just wondering if I could borrow... Oh, I don't suppose it'd be right. Yes, know, it's but... all right, oh, Charles. No, I love isn't. the little No, child. no, it isn't right. Oh. Could I borrow your nose for a taillight? No, no. <laughs> Oh, you see, Edgar, it's no use. Well, Bill, it's only the mischief in the boy. That's all it is. That's what makes him say those things. Why, Charlie is his own worst enemy. Not while I am around, he's not. <laughs> Can he borrow my nose for a tail line? Why, I'll fill him full of lead and lose him for a pencil. Yes. Let go my lap, old bag in here. Wait a minute. I want to hang one on him. No, no, you hang don't one hang one. Now, stop it. Remember, Mr. Fields is not a well man, are you, Bill? No, that's no, right, Edgar. Sickly. Yeah. I've been a fragile thing of beauty ever since I was born. Yeah. <laughs> Why, you weren't born. You were squeezed out of a bar rag. Now, <laughs> Shut him up. He's full of chipmunk. <laughs> you are so... Now, gentlemen, please, will you please stop? Call my nose a tail line. Well, I'm yeah, sorry Why, if you were sawdust on a barroom floor, I'd walk ten blocks to a drugstore to get an ice cream soda. <laughs> yeah, see, looks like a tail That's what I... Oh. Edgar Bergen recalls this story about W.C. Fields. I would go up and see Bill at his house, and we would talk about the show. And he was a very gracious host, always good food and uh, good liquor. But when we got on the show, he was just like a fighter in a ring. He, ad he admired anybody who could give him a good fight, and uh, no holes were barred. And we spent most of our times dirtying up the script, that is, writing in or ad-libbing little toppers that the other one wasn't prepared for. <laughs> I tell you what we'll do, Charlie. Let's walk in and surprise Fields. Yeah, that's what. Give me my books and my by beggars. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, it's your old friends, Edgar and Charlie. Well, yeah. well, so it is. Come in. Yeah. It's good to see you. Oh, thank you. Well, Charles, I hear you got married and raised yourself a cord of children. <laughs> I, I fear that isn't quite true, sir. You fear it isn't quite true, sir. You fear anything I hate is a polite kid. It's good to see you, Bill. Two things improve with age. Old friends and old wine. Don't mind if I do. 
I was going to bring you a basket of fruit, but I decided to ask you first what you like best and then have it sent out. Oh, I like uh, brandied peaches. Brandied peaches, <laughs> yes. They're very nourishing. Mm -hmm. Squeeze the peaches and just save the juice. <laughs> <laughs> and here's Bergen, McCarthy, and Fields on the subject of birds. You know, I've always been very fond of our feathered friends. Yes. Large, small, tame, wild. Blonde or brunette, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bill, you have quite a collection, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yes, I have, Edgar. I always have a very rare Australian duck-billed platypus. Uh, how small is this bird? Do you have to have glasses to see it? Yeah, it's about three or four. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fields, that when you stood on the corner of Hollywood and Vine, 43 cars waited for your nose to change to green? No. <laughs> no way, you woodpecker's lunch. <laughs> you know, Charles, Many's the time I wish you could be here to fill that terrible vacancy. In your heart, Mr. Fields? Oh, in my fireplace. <laughs> W.C. Fields also appeared on the hit parade. Here he is in a sketch in 1938. Ladies and gentlemen, the unpredictable W.C. Fields has done it again. He swapped his newly acquired department store for a shiny new car and motored his way to Hollywood, where we find him organizing the offices of the W.C. Fields Promotions Unlimited, a concern that will promote anything from a marble game to a world's fair. As our scene opens, we you find... You want to tell him that, that you play Stafford, my assistant? Oh, no, Mr. Fields. Uh. I'm an announcer, not an actor. Uh. I don't play parts in things. Uh, you'll play parts, you'll put money in my business, too. Why, preposterous. Proceed, go on, you think you won't, All eh? right, anything for peace. As our scene opens, we find Mr. W.C. Fields of the W.C. Fields Promotions Unlimited... Double billing, eh? ...entering the building in which the offices he has somehow promoted are located. Good morning, Miss Crowd. What brings you to the office early this effulgent a.m.? Well, I couldn't sleep. I'm living in a dormitory, and I went to bed last night between 8 and 9. Oh, <laughs> wonder you couldn't sleep with a crowd like that in your bed. <laughs> What a vicious pooch. How do you like my new dog? Dog? Is it male or female? No, it's a Russian wolfhound. Oh, it gave me quite a stir. I thought it was a Rocky Mountain goat. <laughs> I, um, I knew I might have been, but it wasn't a goat. You know, it is quite a different instinct. <clears throat> Further, goats are herbivorous, while rover or canine familiares belongs to the carbonivora family. What family? Carnivora family, dear. Who are they? People live next door. <laughs> uh, we'll be very busy now. Now, this morning, Miss Cron, I am making some pretty drastic changes to the personnel of my office. Oh. My heart is set on an intelligent, dependable, polite office boy. One that doesn't drink. Not a lush, you know. Uh, shall we take a lift? Huh? The Ascension, as we say in Cucamonga. <laughs> uh, pardon me, dear. I'll press the button. There you go. 
perfect landing. <laughs> ah, here he is now. After you, dear. <laughs> oh, oh, thank goodness for the elevator. Anything to save my puppies. Uh, oh, has your canine puppies? Oh, puppies, my feet. Oh, pardon me. I didn't get the hyperbole. <laughs> What was your stalling, or calling, uh, your advocation before you became my secretary? Well, I studied elocution. Electrocution. Very interesting. Very interesting. Studied electrocution, eh? Must be quite a shock to those poor devils the first time they get it. My dear old father. Elocution, elocution. Oh, elocution. Oh, pardon my error. (laughs) Have you already paid your teacher? Yes, I have. How unfortunate. Uh, permit me to open the door, Thank dear. Thank you. Oh, be careful. Don't hurt him. My, he's a valuable dog. Yes? You have to pay $100 for dogs of his breed. You do, eh? Imagine, that breed cost me $100. Really? That's very interesting. $100 a breed. I have one at home. Must be worth about $900. <laughs> he has more breeds than a golf course has holes. Must be worth $1,800, not counting the practice greens. <laughs> Who's there? Oh, it's that fresh kid I told you about. He's come to apply for a job as office boy. Oh. Uh, he's here with his sister. Oh, he's here with his sister, eh? Now, give me that sheep. Sheep, sheep. How do you think of that? <laughs> I think he's shooting sheep with him in India. Uh, I'll, th- I'll throw that sheet over my head and scare the toughness out of both of them. Here, send them in. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, uh, just a moment. Oh. Uh, come in, please. Right this way. Okay. Right this okay. Way. How do you Oh, yes, I see him. I see him from <laughs> Little children. I am a ghost. A ghost? Goat? Goat, no. Ghost. <laughs> what are you doing in my office at this time of the morning? It ain't a question of what we're doing in this office at this time of morning. What are you doing out of your grave at this time of morning? <laughs> Take that sheet off in your head or I'll crush every bone in your head. Mm, take the sheet off in your head, okay. Remove your hat, please. What for? I just wanted to see if you were bald. <laughs> we must have young men for this job and polite ones, too. Take a chair. Okay. Question number one. How many states are there in the union? What union? Ah, oh, you got me there. <laughs> You got me there, good. It doesn't say. <laughs> we'll skip that. Uh, what is the longest continent in the world? Long Island. Oh, uh, no, no. You can't be right there. See if I can help you this way. Now, let me see. Where do elephants come from? Circuses. Ah, mm. uh, you're right in the measure. Let me put it this way. Where is Johannesburg? Pennsylvania. No, no. Oh, yes, it is. We have relatives there. Johannesburg, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. We spent the best years of our life there one summer. The best years of your life there one summer? Oh, that's fine. Well, to get back to the longest continent in the world again. What continent is south of Gibraltar? Now, listen attentively. A, F-R-I-C, A. Africa. Huh? <laughs> Africa. What'd you say? Africa. Africa. Oh. Africa. 
Is that the way they pronounce it? <laughs> Wait till I look at the map and I'll say. Yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah. I think I had it right. Now, where do elephants come from? India. He crossed me. Say, are you smoking a carrot or is that your nose? Huh? I can't sleep with all this talking going on. Do you mind if I turn on the radio? Do anything you like, Miss Cry. This anything. is the Lucky Strike program. Huh? Mr. Fields. Huh? I never opened my mouth at the radio. Get out of here. Come I on, haven't get out. promoted anything yet. The sketch hasn't even started. Come on, get out. Get out, get out. Let's go. <laughs> From time to time, W.C. Fields did shows for members of the armed services. On Christmas Day, 1944, he appeared on the Armed Forces Radio Service Program Command Performance. Mr. Fields was never in better form. Here's Bob Hope and Fred Allen to introduce him. Fellas, our next guest is so important that no one man can introduce him. So I've asked Fred Allen to return to the microphone and help me. Start it off, Fred. All right, Bob. You know, gang, we've been rummaging around in the Command Performance mailbag, and we found lots of requests... For W.C. Fields. Yeah, especially around the holiday season with New Year's Eve. <laughs> I didn't think you on it. thought that. How did they hide that joke on me? <laughs> now from APO 704 comes a letter signed, Puddin' Puddin' Souders, Mick the Chick, Shotgun Sipes, and Wino the Wolf. And so for those, for those guys and all the others, Mr. W.C. Fields. Mr. Uh, thank you, uh, Fred Allen, and uh, thank you, Bob Hope. Throughout the Middle Ages, the use of liquor was universal, and drunkenness was so common... It was unnoticed. <laughs> they called it the Middle Ages because no one was able to walk home unless they were between two other fellows. <laughs> I was the middle guy. <laughs> now, before I go any further, please do not labor under the misconception that I always have been a teetotaler. <laughs> But how well I remember my first encounter with the devil's brew. <laughs> I happened to step or stumble across a, um, I stumble across a <laughs> typographical error. I happened to stumble across a case of bourbon and went right on stumbling for several days thereafter. <laughs> Of course, now, I touch nothing stronger than buttermilk. Ninety-proof buttermilk. <laughs> I look on my days of revelry with scorn and reproachment and shudder. <laughs> when I recall going to the corner saloon, tugging at my daddy's coattails and saying, Father, dear father, Come home with me now and bring a jug with you. (laughs) 
However, I came from a very illustrious family. My great-grandfather was a friend of Benjamin Franklin. In fact, my great-grandfather would have discovered electricity, but he was too poor to buy a kite. <laughs> he had to go out and hire one. I got a picture of him at home, standing in front of the town tavern. He was hiring a kite. <laughs> Much higher. <laughs> now, many of you in the audience are giggling and scoffing and saying that I have given up strong drink only because the stuff is so hard to get nowadays. But you are in error. My basement is loaded. <laughs> As I am. <laughs> a pickpocket I once converted told me they have a school in Chicago, ill, short for Illinois. <laughs> a picket parking, pocket picking school. And the beginning rule they teach is no stimulants. They have to keep their heads clear and their fingers nimble. Why, friends, you set a bucket of beer in front of a pig and he'll grunt and walk away. And so should you. <laughs> or would you rather be a duck? Rummy days, I would tremble and shake for hours upon a rising. It was the only exercise I got. <laughs> now, don't say you can't swear off drinking. It's easy. I've done it a thousand times. <laughs> In closing, I would like to offer my own favorite recipe to take the place of intoxicants. It's a real thirst quencher. It's called the Raspberry Freeze. Known in England as the Raspberry Freeze. <laughs> take one cup of pineapple juice, two cups of raspberry juice, one if you're in Europe, one cup of black tea, three cups of water, and two eggs white, two egg whites. Freeze until half stiff. Well, when you're half stiff, everything is all right. I thank you. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio and my salute to W.C. Fields. You know, on land, on sea, and in the air, our armed forces are on duty day and night in the far corners of the globe to ensure the freedom of more than 200 million Americans at home. Whether you're a soldier or sailor, airman or marine, you're on the team, and a lot of people are counting on you. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.